0: Truth seekers, please understand, mental dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and disc podcasts. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Good morning to all the intellectual outcasts out there listening. You are tuned in to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Connor, the mistress of sexuality, which you'll find out a little more about this queen. She's been rocking out. She made our top seven shows. Last week, as we did our best of mental dialogue. So if you missed out on last Saturday's show, I'd highly recommend that you hit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and go see what we did. I know I was all uh, talking about cat waves and stuff, but we was doing some big things on our own, covering our top seven shows for the year on the best of mental dialogue 2023 uh, with attorney edward hopkins it was an amazing show again highly recommend people go black and listen to that as i like to say uh but to get started on this morning's discussion let me introduce again this queen of intellect member angela connor thank you queen, for holding me down this morning if you will say hello to the intellectual outcasts out there and give a little bit of your background before we get into this morning's discussion question thanks again for being with me queen
1: Wow. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, everyone. Again, I am Angela, the mistress of sexuality. I am an educator, a coach, a motivator about your sexuality and your orgasm. I've been doing this for over, for many decades now, and I'm super excited to be here today with you, Montoya, and the fam.
0: No, absolutely. Glad to have you on with us for this more discussion question. If you are a first-time listener, we do our shows in the form of a question. Again, I go by, the, the a. montoya smith aka black socrates so we take the socratic method on some of these hard issues on race sex and culture within the african-american community and ultimately we figure if we ask the right questions maybe we can get to the right answers and so we always promote our show in the form of questions. question and so this morning's discussion question is a unique topic in my opinion uh, but unfortunately something that people are i would Offer to say suffering through or from my perspective, um, but if you will, just want to discuss the question is, a sexless marriage, WTF, uh, WTF, what the... Yeah, I can fill in the word if you like. You know, how to be, and we ain't we not politically correct, so I don't mind saying it. But I figure people can figure that out without me being explicit today. Again, we 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 don't, we are a no holds barred, real conversations on race, sex, and culture. So yeah. just to kind of highlight that without being as explicit today, but we do have a unique way that I like to start the show. Uh, at least I consider it unique. It's pretty simple. Um, Angela, when I called you and said, "Hey, Queen, can you hold me down for this show?" And I, I don't know if I said the question to you or I sent it to you, but either way, um, the title of the question, well, the question was a sexless marriage. WTF? What was your first thought and response to hearing the question worded that way?
1: Um, so I was excited. I was like, about time we have that conversation, right? Because it happens more often than not. So, absolutely, when my clients come to me, they say WTF. I don't know what's going
0: on with my marriage. Please help. So I was excited. <laughs> okay. So we so we, yeah, we, so we, we, we yeah, hit it in the right vein then. We right on top of We're it. We in the right
1: I, vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: can imagine. Yeah, what you have a clients, they do be coming in and talking about, what in the world is going on with us? No, I can imagine <laughs> that. No, I like that. I like that. So, yeah, I was just trying to figure out how to word this, again, I would say difficult to- topic, how to word this in a way that, you know, captures people. And, again, I'm pretty uh, in fact, let me um, do this real quick before we go to a break, because typically we'll go to break before we get hot and heavy. Um, but actually just to share a, a few <laughs> stats, if you will, let me pull those up. I had them pulled please. up right please. away. And my, um, please, please. my computer went down and I had to pull it back up. So let me pull these stats up real quick, just to let people <laughs> know what what's going on out here in these in these streets. And I would say ultimately, believe it or not, as 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 much as we promote sex in this society this issue is actually getting worse which you know kind of would kind of go against what we would think in a sense just based on how readily available sex seems to be um but this issue is actually getting worse if you will uh but just to share a couple of stats and then we'll get to our first break and get our callers in here as well uh but this is um this comes from kind of give the source real quick if I got it. Let me see who this is from. This is from the Better Bed Bible Research Center. I if I'm saying that correctly. But it says um, 15% of married individuals hadn't had sex in the previous year. Um, 74.2% of sexless marriages end in divorce. I definitely understand that stat. (laughs) Um, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that one wholeheartedly. Trust me, I do. Uh, In the U.S., there are 20.4 million individuals living in sexless marriages. Couldn't, I don't know, couldn't be me, I don't think. Married couples under 30 have sex on average 111 times a year, more than twice a week. Married couples who have been married over 30 years are on average 35 times more likely to be sexless marriages than newlyweds. And it says 77% of those in sexist barriers say they would more sex. We may do some more stats later in the show, but I just kind of wanted to give a little context. And um, yeah, 20 million people out there, uh, again, I'm going to keep using the word suffering through this, if you will. Um, any <laughs> quick thoughts?
1: And that's just the married couples. What about the long-term committed couples, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real thing. It really is. I I would say those stats might be kind of low. Some people may not be ready to admit that. Montoya, everybody, did you run away? Did you say no? Well, hopefully you're coming back. Um, Stats, keep them going.
2: Can
1: you hear me? All right, well, maybe Mentoria dropped off, but um, those stats are real. I would beg to say that stats in the African-American community might be higher than that. You know, um, think about the last time you had sex, and do you really have sex twice a week? Most people don't, especially if you've been married over a few years. Kick back in shortly, because this conversation is one that needs to be had today. Pause for a second. Montoya or Sam?
0: What happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner? You lose that business. Shockingly, 61% of inbound calls go unanswered. But fear not, TCHmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with TCHmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today.
1: AI is here to change the game. To change the game. Change the game. Montoya, I don't know if you can hear me, but I think I have gotten kicked off. Maybe I should call back or if the family can hear me.
2: Difficulties.
1: Technical difficulties. This is what happens when you talk about sex.
0: Hey, Queen, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, I got knocked off the show twice, so thank you for holding me down. I'm pretty sure I, I probably, I'm, I'm assuming I interrupted you with the commercial. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize I was, I was, I didn't realize I was off the show. So I'm talking, going into the commercial, telling people how to call in. <laughs> and, we, I, and the one caller I had, we lost. So, so I guess I definitely messed oh. it up. So I don't know. But well, we back in we back in foot uh we back on the game for anybody out there. Listening. Okay, we
1: back together again. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm up here running the show thinking it's going, not realizing I was <laughs> off. So all right. So I, I played the commercial in the middle of you probably I'm assuming in the middle of you talking. So uh with that said, it's all
2: good. Yeah, yeah.
0: We're gonna make it work. We're gonna make it work. Yeah, I definitely lost the caller. Let me give out the number again if we still got anybody. I hope I didn't lose too many people. Uh six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. If you want to get on this conversation, uh, if you have any issues and would like to speak to our sex expert, if you will, mistress of sexuality, Angela Connor, this is definitely the place to do it. You can call in anonymously if you even if you need to. We definitely will protect the uh, the names in that sense because again, we want to get your real question, your real questions, your real problems. Solved, if you will. I uh, actually wanted to play a cut, if you will, Angela. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this cut, and we'll use this to kind of get us started this morning. Again, we have some technical, you know, typically I'll have the cut come out for the commercial, but let's go ahead and listen to this quick one-minute cut, and let's get this morning's discussion of sexless marriage. What the f started? Will be that right
3: is something not testosterone-related, but something other, um, more medically biological-related. It could be that he is finding himself attracted to um men and not women. It could be a hundred thousand different things.
4: And we've discussed that. You know, are are you homosexual? Do you like men? Um, he says no, he's not attracted to men. Um, he's not an a sex a, um a drug addict at all. Right. He's not into drugs, he's not cheating, I've looked and nothing. It's just
3: it's <laughs> yeah, but, but so <laughs> because here, here's the deal, here's the deal. Listen listen. Listen. This is going to be hard to hear, but he is not a puzzle to be solved. Okay. And he's not a problem to be fixed. He's a person to be with, and what I'm guessing is the amount of shame he is walking through the world right now is extraordinary. And people who are feeling shame, think of a backpack full of cinder blocks. And people who are carrying that around say things that they don't mean they get frustrated at the world just because it, their knees hurt, just taking simple steps. And so statements like you just gotta deal with it, that's not a statement of somebody who loves and cares and desires somebody. That's a statement of somebody who's hurting. Okay.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question of sexless marriage. What the F? A special guest co-host, Angela Connor, a.k.a. the aka the Mistress of Sexuality, as we hear a cut from the John Delaney uh, podcast, Dr. John Delaney podcast, and a caller had called in, kind of expressing her concerns about her and her husband, if you will, and she had, just to give a little more context, she had highlighted to him that uh, her husband in a sense, had said, you just got to deal with it, and so that's kind of what he was referencing in the end. Um, there was a lot in that cut because I know it could be various of uh, various reasons for uh, this happening within a marriage, if you will. So we heard some of those reasons in that cut, if you will, Angela, uh, but I know the, the initial thing she kind of talked about, which is typically the thought process that I, that I think I'm aware of in the culture is in a sense, if he's not doing it at home, he's doing it somewhere else. And so for, in her perspective, she says, she's figured out, that's not the issue. They're literally just at a, 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 a situation where they're no longer having sex. So, any thoughts about what you heard? Again, I know you do do this type of work as well. So, anything you heard out of that cut that you want to point out, or even talk about some of the, you know your situations, if uh, any of your clients, if you or if you if you would like.
1: Um, absolutely. So, yeah, I think um, we always do. Women tend to think that it's somebody else in the picture, right? But that's not the case. The majority of the time, I mean, our partners either side wants to be faithful. Um, typically, life just happens. You know, shit happens in life, and we just don't feel like being bothered a lot of times. Um, and taking a, a look at ourselves is hard to do. That's one of the biggest things I see, that we just put it to the back burner. It doesn't really matter most of the time to one, one or the, both of the partners for a minute.
0: No, I understand that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: you're, you're still alive. No, I thought I had I, yeah, no, I thought I was mute for a
0: second, but you heard me, so I'm good. No, absolutely. What were you about to say? No, I was just yeah, I was just thinking about it, like I can't imagine that um two people decide, hey, here's the person that I wanna spend the rest of my life with, right? And
4: right.
0: then this happens. Like, right? you know, just even listening to that, you know, that that young lady on that podcast saying that, hey, it's not Someone else, like I said, which is the first thought that people kind of go to, right? And her husband even went as far as that you just have to deal with it. But I heard the doc, Dr. John Delaney highlight that that man is ex- more likely from his perspective experience a high level of shame that literally is to a degree part of the issue. But he also told her. It's not a situation where, in a sense, she just has to has to deal with it. So I don't know if any of if any of that sparks any conversation from you, um, but definitely interested. In, yeah, in your thoughts and some of the other aspects. Again, once we rule out that it's it's not someone else, because that could be the case. And you know? and I would even I may be wrong, but I would say in a lot of cases that is the case per se. But when it really becomes a sexless marriage and nobody's having sex, it's probably a lot of these other things. But again, your thoughts about some of those other areas and what have you seen with some of your clients, if you will?
1: Yeah. So outside of infidelity, right, um, our health is a huge piece, and we're not going to stay on that for a long time. But health is a huge thing. As we get older, uh, the hormones in our bodies change, right? And the majority of men have a hard time saying that they're having some challenges in that space. Women, too, because we go through menopause. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to say my thing is not working today. <laughs> so, a lot of times they right. project it onto a female and say, "Well, you just have to deal with it, you know when I feel when I feel like it, I'll do it, which is the wrong stance, but that's a you know ego stance until they realize that it's not something to be ashamed of, it's just something we gotta work through. That's another huge
0: issue, right? No, absolutely, absolutely. um, I could imagine, yeah, like just that transition because the reality is we do tie a lot of our manhood to specifically especially, I would say, in the current culture where, uh, you know, in a sense, men throughout for a long time, I don't know about throughout all time or whatever, but for a long time, men have often been encouraged, if you will, to sow our wild oats before tying up in a marriage, if you will. And so during that period, unfortunately, for those who do decide to partake in and sow some of their wild oats, uh, we actually start tying a lot of our masculinity a lot of our manhood if you will to our ability just to perform so what you just talked about yeah so what you just talked about I can only imagine how if like you said if there is a health issue or maybe you're not eating right or whatever and it's starting to come into play because the reality is always like what when it comes to for the most part Humans are kind of designed to live to a certain age, just in general, if you will. But through your early years, unless you're just absolutely outright unhealthy, for the most part, your body parts, you know, obviously you have a specific problem or it's just going to work, if you will. And so to your point, if you're not cognizant of your health, yeah, yeah, you may have been able to get away with, you know, just being a little exaggerated here drinking and eating fast food and all that kind of stuff and still putting it down or whatever. And so <laughs> yeah. if you if you haven't taken the steps to start caring about your health and these issues start, you're not aware of it because you have bad habits. And we know how food if you will how how powerful food is as far as breaking habits and things of that nature. And so you're right, I can imagine that Um, you know a male who has been able to kind of do whatever they want and perform and then that process starts to change unbeknownst to them due to their health if you will then like you just said they can just kind of in a sense start putting it on her and say it's something she's not doing or whatever and like you said yeah and like you said ego comes into play and actually I would offer if that happens again. That's not every situation, but I would offer if that ego comes into play in and offense. I would call that, in a sense, lashing out. If he lashes out in that way, I've come to understand, and I feel like the young lady we heard on that cut, some women, some wives, will take that on and as as if that is the case. And so, uh, if they receive it as such then I think you're definitely headed in the direction that one day, if you're going to save your marriage, you're going to have to come and get in front of Angela because in, in his own saving of his own ego, in his defiance, he's actually, in my opinion, laying a seed that's going to harm the relationship versus bring it together. Any thoughts on that queen? Yeah.
1: um, It's so hard though, because denial is the first stage, right? Uh, how easy can it be for you to say that, you know, my body part is not working? I used to put it down, but now I can't. Um, and a lot of times we want to think about it as everything else except for looking at it ourselves. So it's hard to do that. So a real a reality check, a self-check is the first thing you have to do on both sides, right? Like, am I, am I doing what I need to do? Is it working? So you have to have that real conversation with yourself, which is tremendously hard. But I totally 100% agree with it. If you can't talk about it, we gotta we gotta break the ice and start.
0: Do you ever see? Have you experienced even? I would say younger couples, and again, when we're talking about the health, and of course, health can be a problem at any age, right? But I, we just kind of put it in the context of getting older, having bad habits, and maybe that starts playing a role in your ability to perform. Um, you know, in a sense, as the man. But have you ever had any? Um, experience with younger couples, experience, and not so much just the ED or erectile dysfunction, but just this idea of moving into a sexless marriage. I've I've heard of it, so I'm curious, have you heard of it and maybe whatever you could share in reference to it?
1: Yes. So a lot of times we don't even deal with the conversation of, of what our sexuality looks like, even at a younger age. I have clients as young as 27, 30, that it becomes sexless because they just did it at the beginning just because they felt like it. But then when the desire starts to change, they don't know how to deal with it in the everyday lifestyle. Um, it's cute when you're dating and it's hot and heavy and you don't have responsibilities, but when you start to have responsibilities, eh, the sex starts to change a little bit. You know, I don't put as much effort into being sexy for you or for myself. He doesn't put as much effort into the foreplay. Right. So, it happens at any age, regardless of sexual, physical, sexual issues, challenges. It's just because we don't we don't deal with it. We just think that you're going to know what you need to do when we're together for a year, two years, three years to keep it going and vibrant. And that sucks, right? I mean, if you think about it, when was the last time you had sex ed? Outside of, you know, researching for yourself.
0: Yes, for the long term, man. And, I, and for years, though, let me say when I say a long time, though, to be honest, I was always personally super curious about sex or whatever, and part of but a part of it was because I wanted to be damn good at it. I ain't going to front. And so, whatever. Um,
1: yeah. Be good at your breath.
0: <laughs> so, so I was definitely, in a sense, still in college, but I remember in college sharing a lot of the books that I was re- reading with my peers or whatever uh, because it was almost like because I was bold enough to try to learn and, or whatever is almost kinda of enticed them to in a sense wanna learn like to your point beyond the sex ed that um we did get some in high school and there's always this thing right now back and forth of whether we should have sex ed in schools or not and I, I think the current environment is big up. They don't have much of it um in most places if I if you will or there's like Yeah, there are political pushes to push, you know, push it in and out but growing up in the, if you will, the AIDS era or whatever, it did come into the school system before I graduated or whatever. And I felt like just kind of just mentioning this very briefly that there was in a sense, some success with um, how it was done at that time. I know now it's been politicized into the, you know, the types of sexual, the, the different genders and all that kind of stuff. And so people are in a sense, pushing back from that part, if you will. But I remember, mm-hmm. you know, in my time that wasn't an issue it was literally just getting the education and the education in a sense turned it around in addition to the um all of the um commercials that were related to you know in a sense the aids epidemic becoming a thing so it got pushed into the school systems and i to a degree feel like with some success but we also have a, uh, a society or a culture that is actually concerned that even just talking or discussing sex, if you will, in a sense, creates an environment where the youth want to do it more. Like that's the concern for those who push back against, at least that's what it seems to be for those who push back against sex education. They seem to push back thinking this, this is going to make them want to do it more. And that's even with, a lot of studies showing that it is much more effective for youth to have knowledge about sex versus learning how most of us learn trial and error, not knowing what the hell we were doing. And unfortunately sometimes that trial and error can be some unfortunate incidents that will show back
1: up
0: in our marriages for those who end up getting married or in long-term situations. And unfortunately some of those incidents show back up, from a trauma space, and as an adult, you may not even be aware of how that issue that happened when you were kind of finding your way through sex at a period, or you know, not and you know, some type, just finding your way, and something happened, and it's actually affecting you twenty years later, thirty years later, and because you haven't dealt with it, you're in a situation with your spouse who you desire to be with, and you can't figure it out because you haven't dealt with some childhood stuff if you were someone who in a sense was curious and sexually active in your teenage years and had some of those issues or sometimes to your point, Angela, sometimes you know about it and you just have never dealt with it and you don't even share it with your spouse or it comes out later. And so I've heard of those situations um, absolutely having an effect on how we how to, how couples go forward within their marriage. Um, any thoughts on anything I had to say, Queen?
1: Oh, so many thoughts, right? So first point, the sex education is really about the mechanics of it. I mean, if you think about it, the only way you really learned how to understand how it was sexually is to, one, read or try to experiment with your partner, but what does it mean to have sex with someone outside of the mechanics of it? That's something we really don't learn. So sex education really needs to be amped up um, in different ways. Uh, the second part the second part is that a lot of times women are told not to have sex, so they don't even really talk about sex. And then if they walk into a relationship with a virgin, they may not even have a clue, male and female, what to do once, once they get behind closed doors, which is a part of that sex education. Um, but the biggest part you touched on was the experiences that we've had that we haven't dealt with, right? Um most of the time when you have um, challenging experiences in that space, you want to just bury it and not ever talk about it. And you're right. you got to be able to talk about it with your partner um, because they don't know what triggers you may have. If some if you had some type of negative experience um, where sex was a, a, a bad thing. Um, so if you can't talk about it with your partner, at least kind of share it before you get to it a really deep space in your relationship makes a huge difference. We talk about finances, we talk about kids, but often we don't talk about sex. Hence why we can get into sex with marriages because we have different viewpoints of what sex should be like or what sex needs to be like for ourselves.
0: So you unpack no, a whole to, lot
1: of stuff, do Yeah,
0: it's a lot to unpack. Um, like you just pointed out, I remember, I forgot what show we were doing. Again, we do these conversations on race, sex, and culture all the time, but I forget which show it was, but you kind of p- pointed it out where one of our callers called in, a brother by the name of Frank, he's one of our uh, former members of the club, and he called in talking about the cultural aspect of uh, when you don't have sex education and you only go through a culture of stay away from sex, it's going to harm you, you don't want to have babies, Um, sex is not good, and especially for the you know the young ladies who are in a sense, quite often told this message again. The flip side for us as boys, right? In general, in general, in society, we're told to wow, in a sense they're told to protect protect themselves because this is not something you want to happen. And I remember Frank called in and was highlighting that to your point, they can show up in in a marriage and still have bad associations with sex based on culturally how they've been taught because they haven't to your point been taught the mechanics through sex education and it actually can play a huge role in the satisfaction between those uh, two couples and it's almost like if we don't get it together and put more sex education or have more families because i've heard of different cultures where they in a sense do train the girls up in a, in a sense, on how to be with their their husband. I know that exists in some African cultures, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what I mean? And we're bored of that. It's just like, it's sex everywhere. Avoid it. And then now that you're married, you need to know what to do. So yeah, I can see how that could create the situation as well. Let's go to another break, Queen. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you... LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781- 4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community.
4: Yeah, and, so, and he's had a, an erection problem, so he has ED. Right. He does
1: have that, but...
3: And the root of, of so much of that can be psychological and physical and trauma. It can be so much. Have you guys gone to see a counselor? Has he gone to see somebody psychologically?
4: We have um, the first year of the marriage because from the day that we got married, we had intimacy that day, and then five months later, we did it, and I kept you know, um, pursuing him and nothing. So I did go to a counselor by myself so at first. He did go for one or two sessions, but then he didn't want to, he was too ashamed to talk There you go to a woman about the situation, about the fact that he can't get an erection right. and it's difficult for men than for women. That's what he said.
3: Well, that's, I just, again, it's not, that's just guys, him trying to package this in a way that he can wake up every morning because the, the, the shame is pretty overwhelming. Um,
0: welcome back to the mental dialogue talk again i'm your host montoya smith aka black socrates this morning's discussion question of sexless marriage what the f and our special <laughs> guest co-host angela connor aka the, aka the mistress of sexuality um see a yeah. caller out there if you want to get in you definitely have to press one but we hear a, a further cut from that same young lady we played on the first um cut just talking about specifically ED, which you've already kind of mentioned here or whatever, but Dr. John Delaney, that, his podcast, he's just ending it with how the guy just kind of mentions it that, you know, it's harder for men than than, than women or whatever. And I love how he just said that's just something, unfortunately, that, that man's doing to kind of be able to live with himself, um, just kind of putting it off on, you know, it's harder for us, you know, if you will, than it is. Uh, For ladies, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I also caught this because, again, I know um, you help couples through this kind of stuff, but as she said, in that situation, um, he only was able, he was only willing to go a couple of times because he was embarrassed to, to talk like that, in a sense, with the with a woman and that's at least that was her perspective but i'm just saying even as a as a man i don't know if, if men are so protective about it i don't know if we'd be comfortable talking to, I, I might be more comfortable talking to a woman my <laughs> personally than a, right. than, a, than, a, than a male therapist telling him i can't get it up like i'm just saying i don't understand her husband but again that's her perspective uh but your thoughts is something else i want to jump on as well but i want to hear your thoughts before i get into the other aspect for the caller out there if you want to jump in you do have to press one go ahead queen yeah, so I, sometimes they may
1: be just be embarrassed to talk about it in front of their partner. Um, that's something you, sometimes you need to do one-on-one. So maybe if, if the counseling, the coaching had been structured where he could talk one-on-one, he may be more open about it because it could be something that you two are doing or something that you're doing that could also cause that challenge. So to be able to be 100% real, a lot of times you got to talk about it one-on-one. Most men are not going to want to talk about it in front of their partner.
0: Not at all. Not the first couple times anyway. Nah, it makes sense, it makes sense. So here's the thing that was pointed out. I don't know if you caught this part where she was like, "We did it on our wedding day," and then five months later, <laughs> we did it again. So wow. the reason, yeah, that's crazy, right? But here's the thing: when I first moved to Atlanta, which was 20 years ago now, right in 2003, okay, I end up. Well, I had, well I was kind of already friends with 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 his sister, or whatever. But I ended up finding out through her and several of her friends. I, I, at this time, I had never heard of this. Like, they, like, people just getting married and not having sex. Like, that blew my mind in my, you know, late 20-year-old mind. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, like I was like, <laughs> like I, so when I I'm saying it, when I first heard it, Angela, I thought it was just like a like something unique to them personally. Like, like one, I don't understand it or whatever. But then I find out she befriended a couple of other people, and they were having the same experience, and all had just got married. So, you know, now I'm I'm exposed to it. But what, so when I hear that young lady say we got married and then five months later we did it again, I'm not as shocked. But I'm just saying, going back to my 27, 28 year old mind, I had no idea that people enter into a marriage and then immediately—not I'm not say sure that happens all the time—but that they that, that, that it was like it was that it was normalized. My relative experience became thinking that the, that their situation was like one in a million, and come to find out. She had a couple of other friends, so I don't know what you've seen out there, but that was mind-blowing as a young man to even hear that that happens when people first get married. I I understand later down the line and getting responsibilities, but initially, no sex? That blows my mind.
1: (laughs) It still blows my mind at any age, right? Like, part of that connection is being together. So when we don't have sex for five months, six months, or a year, it's like, yo, we're missing a whole good good part of this relationship we're supposed to be totally free at this point especially when you first get married uh but usually i don't hear about that as much with the younger with the younger adults as i used to like okay. you said when we were in our 20s so thank goodness
0: <laughs> okay yeah like i said like i said i thought i had found like you know, just like I was like, this is not true. This is not true. If this is a regular thing. It's just like, no, we got. Th- I got three girlfriends. This is and 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 their situations were, um, different. It wasn't even a you know, this is young. They were younger, so it wasn't ED or anything like that. Um, but right. Um, one, yeah, one situation just ended up being a super a big concern with, am I pleasing my wife, like. That concern kind of overwhelmed the moment in the yeah. sense that there like 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 there was a desire to and because there was this concept that i can't that I cannot please her or whatever, eventually it kind of turned into not even trying
1: that happens a lot. It happens a lot. I mean, if you think about it, do you usually check in, and I'm not putting you on the spot, but how often do you check in with your partner and say, are you satisfied? Is there something else we can do, right? We get something in our head so frequently that maybe um, if she says no at the wrong time, when you want to have sex and she says no, he says no, that you're no longer attracted to me. And we take it and run with it because we can stay in our head about so many different things instead of just saying, you know, what is sex like with me? You ever ask that question? Some people do. Um, but it can it can really go down a rabbit hole really fast and regardless of what age. So I think sexual check ins is a good thing to have at any in any relationship.
0: Nah, it makes sense and when we were talking about in a sense, even the conversation about sex, um you know, I was highlighting that in, in my college years, in my early twenties, um, being curious to the point where i would read about it often and that kind of thing and so that was definitely something that was encouraged in the book so i was definitely super yeah, inquisitive yeah. um you know even at that age about you know what is this okay or is this working or whatever and then you know reading some situation in the book where i was like oh, i want to try this so obviously that would be more in a long-term situation where people were willing to try more if you will um but, right. but yeah but actually being that concerned I, to a degree, would find out even in my 20s that um, that wasn't the norm. For me, it was such a norm that I'm thinking everybody wants to know or whatever, but as I've had these conversations, to your point, those simple questions such as that can make a world of difference because, again, the culture to a degree has, at least back in the day, kind of made the conversation conversation taboo and so Absolutely. Yeah. so to your point even inside of a marriage'll have other discussions about a bunch of things but it you know may be a situation where like I'll give an example that I've heard had come Please. up on this show and some some of our other shows or whatever but just like um you know my my husband doesn't do oral sex or my wife doesn't do oral sex or they don't do it well or things of that nature or whatever. And so it could be a a point of contention inside of a long-term relationship and nobody's delved into, is there a history or is there something happened back to those younger years that we talked about, right? That is playing a role or it could even just be what they heard about it, but that's, you're just, in that situation upset that you're not getting what you want and you're not a lot of people are not willing or able or capable of having the conversation to find out where is this um, issue coming from. We actually got a caller that wants to jump in. Let's get to the caller. Area code 478-LAST-3303 Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Or you can be anonymous if you want. Again, we want to protect people and let people talk candidly. Go ahead, if you will.
5: Peace and love, family. It's been said, no anonymity needed. How y'all doing, <laughs>
0: I can it, Hey, I'm gonna it's keep you on morning. the show as long as I can keep you on the show. We need you. We 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 need some more perspectives, King. But again, if you can't stay long, I'm with it. But either way, what you got for us?
5: No, man, I'm rocking. I'm with you, brother. And this it's uh, so this is a great conversation to have because as a happily married black man, I know how how important sex is, right? And. uh, uh, one of the things that I speak with uh, as a holistic relationship coach with my clients, uh, specifically as it pertains to to men, um, I speak often about health and wellness uh, to be able to perform, uh, as well as the communication process. Right? See, a lot of us we we falter in the communication process, so it's hard to have hard conversations. Because we don't have the tools to be able to have uh, proper and effective conversations, period. So when it gets hard, yeah. then we just go yeah. into our shells, yeah. right? So so, so the more open we are about having the simple conversations, the easier hard conversations get, uh, with, with no pun intended.
0: Nah, I love it. <laughs> that, that was a good-ass <laughs> pun, though, bro. <laughs>
1: Keep it coming, keep it coming.
2: Yeah.
0: Whether you you attended or not, that was a pretty slick one right there. Uh, Real quick, um, uh, knowing that you're in the space, uh, we got a couple minutes before the next break. Um, So what you're saying, I'm pretty sure anybody listening, that sounds good. Um, how are you walking couples that are not used to having conversations, hard conversations? Because, you know, it ain't as simple to say have hard conversations. How do you even walk them right. into, it, in particular, for, on this subject um, alone? Again, you got about a minute and a half, so you can start and come back after the break if, if that's not
5: enough time. Sure, sure. First, first, I walk them into having easy conversations. Okay. First, we need to have easy conversations and make those clear, clear. and then we need to do that effectively. We need to do that productively. Like we need to understand uh, what each other are, are listening to, right? So how is my wife translating what I'm saying? How am I translating what my wife is saying? So you start with those easy elements. You learn how to do that clearly and productively as well as effectively. Then you have a practice for the harder conversations.
0: No, it makes sense. Like like in my mind, this is what's popping in my head, and I don't know if this is even um, right or not, but what's popping in my head is maybe just even saying, what do you like about sex with me? Like, I don't know. Like that seems like that might be an easy conversation because at this point you're just going to hopefully just give each other props for what you like or whatever, because in reality, some people are so silent about sex to the degree that they don't even they forget to or never tell because they've never been used to doing it or never been comfortable enough to even tell their partner what they actually love or like or whatever. They just kind of hope their partner does it and never share it. So, would you consider that a, a, a easy starting conversation? We're gonna to go to a break real quick. But is that an example of what you mean? Maybe I don't know.
5: Yes, yes. Even okay, before, cool. like even before the sex conversation, how how did your day go? In having that conversation, <laughs> clearly
0: facts <laughs> yeah i see what you're saying like you got you yeah, before you even get to that i see what you saying. no i make well let's hit this break man and keep this conversation going but we'll be right back uh i got my my man my man sincere jumped on this thing we're gonna keep him on this conversation along with angela we'll be right back well, all i ask is that you think oh, we
2: know,
0: we know. psychologist dr Gerald hassel and omar buckner founders of self-mastery retreats international proud to present a transformative experience specifically designed by black men for black men. This immersive retreat offers a unique opportunity for black men to forge deep bonds, enhance their personal growth, and empower themselves to create positive change in their lives, families, and communities. For five days in the sacred surroundings of Puerto Morales, Mexico, a select group of powerful black men will embark on a journey of self-discovery, creating a safe and supportive space to share their experience and build a strong sense of community. This trip will truly transform your life and takes place February the 15th through 19th, 2024. If interested, text Self-Mastery to 678-548-2456. Again, that is Self-Mastery to 678-548-2456 to receive a direct link for the retreat. This is one of
6: the things I've been reflecting on because When I, my husband and I got engaged, I had already started withdrawing and putting a wall up around sex when in the beginning of our relationship and dating and and leading up to us getting married. We had a a very healthy, enjoyable sex life and then I threw my walls up and that's very, very common for us as women. And it was, it it was a, a really, really big challenge in in just my early 30s which is so sad to me now and i had to learn an important part of my healing uh, in my marriage um, and and through this decade of my 30s in the beginning was overcoming the walls i had built around sex and my marriage and and recognizing that i couldn't have sex with my husband as a duty or a chore or an obligation when we have sex from a place of obligation or as a chore, we feel used, we feel resentful if we're doing what we're supposed to do. That's a wonder, actually a wonderful example of being nice is, is doing sex to, to check the box and, and say, done, maybe I bought myself a week or two, and then shutting down.
0: Welcome back to the Messenger Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question of sexless marriage. What the F? Special guest co-host Angela Connor, mistress of sexuality, as well as my brother Sincere, relationship co here out of the Atlanta area. As we hear the common theme that, in a sense, I would say we as men often worry about when it comes to in a getting married is a woman coming in and doing exactly what you just heard there. I remember going back to my late twenties again. I was still in the Air Force, and I never forgot this. Uh, talking to some of the men that I worked with while I was in the military, and just hearing about their marriages. And at the time, I was finally I got to a space where I was open to marriage I went through most of my teen years not being open to marriage uh, or whatever I don't know at the time I thought I was going to be a player of life since here, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying they were going to never tie an international player down you know what I'm saying right
5: <laughs> right no man you just crush a lot bro That's yeah a- you know what I'm saying you know
0: what I'm saying so you know, but, you know before I went out the military, you know I had had a couple you know had a had um couple serious situations. You know how it is with us as men, get that one heartbreak. You ain't trying to never do that joint again. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't even really open. Fact, to it. fact. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. But at this point, I met Bill, um and um you know was thinking just heavily about it in the future, not necessarily at the time, because unfortunately our culture does it currently in American culture. Does it in a sense push it on? My dad actually pushed it on me, and I didn't listen. I probably should have at the time. But either way, um, I was now open to the possibility. I found someone that made me at least open to the possibility. We were not necessarily on, you know, on a path to directly do it, but it opened me up to I ain't going to stay stay in the game or whatever. So I say all that to say that I was talking to uh, a lot of the older men that I worked with in the military at the time, and they would tell me about their marriages, and I was completely shocked. To hear how little sex they had, like it really messed mm. me up. I still remember it like viscerally. I can remember like, okay, I'm, I was open to being married, but I don't know about it if I'm not getting sex. <laughs> because right, the thing right. was, all of them was, and they was, then they was telling me I was. Like, Captain the Air Force, they were like Captain. They just they, like they was like trying to warn me, like this idea of what you think and how you are. Because unfortunately, I don't know if I, I, don't even know if I would say I would say fortunately, because fortunately, if I had something serious, again I wasn't trying for a while, but when I had something serious, I was an everyday kind of dude. Period. Like right. period right. with a T. Period. <laughs> so <laughs> so this is why they was trying to. Trying to talk to me, because right? now here I am open to marriage. Got a sister, you know, just kind of a main thing, if you will. Um, and so I'm letting them know I'm kind of open to this again. I thought I was, you know, I thought after my little heartbreak from five, six years previous to that, I wasn't like, no gonna ever do it again. So I'm up here in this space, and they and I'm like, yeah, my wife got to, you know, rock every day like I do now. And they was laughing. They started laughing. at me <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And so we took a break from the <laughs> real work we was doing but then to sit down. The young captain would be like, "Let me let me school you, young captain." It ain't finna go like that. So I know I'm kind of beating the beating the dead horse on the ground, but it was visceral for me to find out that that the situation can be like what we just heard in that cut. Um, so again, you know, I don't know how we got got we got you with us, man. But so I'm gonna go ahead and let you jump on it. I want to hear what Angela thinks as well. But it actually. A, messed me up, man, on even wanting to get married, thinking that I wouldn't have sex that much when I was married, man. It really did.
5: Yeah, brother, I'm glad that we uh really diving into this conversation. Hearing the cut and also hearing what you talk about right now, I will hear some of those same things from my uncles and from my surroundings, and I'm like, damn, that's never going to be my life. So so one <laughs> of the things... Uh, that I did is I sat down with my wife, I and then I asked her before we got married, how important is this to you? How important is sex? How important is touching and connecting on that physical level? Right? Uh and of course, like as you go, things things may shift or you may have to adjust, but I just wanted to know idealistically where are you with this? Because what I would do is I would hear from couples, well, sex is not that important. And I'm like, Shit. Uh, uh, no, we fooling ourselves. Uh, so so, so let's not do that. Let's get down to what the core or the root issue is as to why the sex is not happening, right? So that is a requirement in my marriage on my wife's end and on my end, and that was something that was uh, – Discussed, And we always talked about however uncomfortable it gets, we're going to have the conversation to meet each other where we are, and we're going to tackle this thing together. Whatever happens, whenever it happens.
0: Now, it makes sense, Angela. I'll point you to one aspect of the cut. Again, I know you do this work as well. Uh, There was one aspect where the young lady said that she went through and, in a sense, was able to deal with her Personal trauma from the aspect of sex as an obligation. Matter of fact, we may have had you on the show. We did um, do women see sex as a chore or whatever. But that late young lady in that cut, well, she was she's older now. That lady in the cut was highlighting that moving out of that space was very helpful for her. And so, um, just kind of talk about that aspect of that. Often that is laid on. Uh, the woman, if you will, that you kind of got to meet that duty. I like how Sincere and his wife kind of seem to have made it a mutual thing, but I definitely understand that some women can kind of come into that. I can imagine, I'm not a woman, but that can wear on a, a, a sister as well. Your thoughts, queen? Uh, One thousand
1: percent, right? So some of the advice I got when I got married when I was younger was that you always need to please your partner. And regardless of what space you're in, you need to be available. And I was just, like, confused because it's not just about my partner, it's about me, too. So the same as the brother said, when I first got married, before we got married, we started to get into a serious relationship, we, I had to talk about that because I wanted to have pleasure, too. A lot of times women would just say, okay, whatever people tell me to do, that's what I need to do, but that's not, most, that's not me. So, and what I teach is that you do have to have pleasure in your sexuality. One thing we don't talk to women about is having pleasure that it's always about your partner. It's about both, so having those conversations made a world of difference, you know when I got married or in a committed relationship and that type of thing. So obligation is one of those things that once it's in our head, we don't know how to turn that off and understand okay. well not turn it off, but understand the, the potential, how it how it lands in your relationship. Yes, yeah. don't forget about yourself and your obligation. let's say that. Because really
0: we need organic food. Uh, absolutely, now it makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Um, yeah, I can imagine. You know, comments that we still make in the culture. If he don't, you know, get it here, he's gonna get it someone else. And it absolutely the the sex conversation t- absolutely is sex male focused I'm actually gonna share a piece uh, from my book Reeducate the Negro, and I will highlight that. Uh, even the way the tones I wrote that piece in, in a sense, has the in a sense a male focus as well, which is very commonplace. Um, but sincere, you know, and Angela, you know as well that the book is really just designed to create bigger and bigger dialog. So hopefully, um, for um, some of what we're doing today, will help people avoid this situation if you just now tuned in we're highlighting that about 15 percent of marriages experience what we're talking about today sexless marriages and you know to no surprise to me about 72 percent of those marriages end up in divorce because the surveys show that the partners are wanting more sex but obviously they're having whatever issues and it could be a myriad of issues as it relates to this um, so see I don't know if you caught or if you were listening when I I just want to get a quick thought on this before we go to the top of the hour break but I was also okay. um, how I was super surprised when I first got to Atlanta I met a few couples where they had just got married they were still young and there was no sex in the beginning we actually played a cut earlier where um, this young lady called into dr. John DeLuddy and highlighted they had sex on their wedding day and it was five months later before they had it again Like. That was mind-blowing to me. I don't know if you've seen any of that in your work, uh, but I just, I'm just i still struggling with someone just getting married because I'm still assuming there's still a honeymoon period where the responsibilities kind of can come, that makes sense to me, can come over time. But how does someone even navigate no sex from the beginning? Have you even seen that in your experience or heard of it?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did uh, hear that. And that immediately took me back to some of my clients that were, uh, you know, they were dumbfounded. Like, why why aren't we like those rabbits that we used to be uh, when we were dating? And I said, it's, it's, it's clear, like marriage, marriage becomes more of a psychological process for people because we yes. put the marriage at the top of the mountain. So that event is the highest level of their relationship. And it's not, mm. it's the way up the mountain. So so now the psychological climax or that thought process is that, well, we've reached the pinnacle. Where else do we go? Right. So everything right. starts to taper off, and it starts to taper off at that point. And then it becomes, okay, how do we get that spark back?
0: Now, nah, that makes sense. Go ahead, Angela. Go ahead. We mm-hmm. about a minute. Go ahead, Queen. No. You want to say something.
1: Oh, no, I was just agreeing with him. I forgot about how a lot of times we put so much effort into the actual ceremony or the wedding itself and not and forget about the things that go under the umbrella once you say yes
0: or I do. So
1: thank you for bringing it
0: up, brother. No, absolutely. For absolutely. The comment, Jumped on um, absolute press one if you want to get in on the conversation. We definitely would love to have you take part in this conversation. But yes, yeah, reminded me of some of the uh, marriage shows that I've had you on sincere, and I remember this one cut from this old brother. I can't think of his name right now, but um yeah, to your point, especially with the culture, it highlights marriage to the point where, like you said, it's the pinnacle. But I remember the, the cut that we played on one of our marriage shows where he was like, "That's the starting, that's the starting line." The marriage is the right. starting line, and and even just that concept alone could probably play a huge role in not having a psychological pin, pinnacle that actually affects everything down all the way down to some couples' actual sex life. Like that's crazy to me, but it makes sense when I hear it, you know, from you, somebody that's in the space that helps couples do these things. All right, we are at the top of the hour. We are going to go to our next break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the mental dialogue talk show But all I ask is that you think If you want to get in on the conversation 646-787-1691 You do have to press 1 to let us know You want to join the conversation You can call in unanonymously, anonymously If you need to We'll be right back
1: Babe, hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that
0: Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com It's fresh, right?
1: Yes, and I love the message on it too You are the hustle, huh?
0: That's what the shirt says, I am the hustle They embody the entrepreneur spirit And what I like the most It's more than a brand, it's a lifestyle For those who want to put in the work And expect to have the final things in life I also follow them on Instagram Check this post out
1: If you believe money is the root of all evil You're using it wrong?
0: Or how about this one, excuses made $0 an hour
1: I like those What's their IG?
0: At moneymotivation.co.
1: But do they have any ladies gear?
0: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere
5: I go, go. And everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk. They go with me. Because I look like money.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Connor. This morning's discussion question a sexless marriage. What the F is my brother Sincere, a relationship coach here in the Atlanta area, is also rocking with us. See the caller out there if you're just listening, no problem. If you want to join do have to press 1. Again, I told you I was going to share a piece out of my book, uh, Reeducation of the Negro, that we dropped in March of last year. We're still selling the book, so go to Amazon if you're outside of Atlanta or get it directly from me. Again, Reeducation of the Negro, Necessary Conversations on Race, Sex, and Culture. I will highlight for anybody who's, it's your first time hearing an excerpt out of my book, uh, the book is designed for you to tell others and have conversations with others about what you think about the piece. It's not necessarily designed for you to agree or disagree with me as the author, if that makes sense. So if you will, let me bear with me as I read this piece. It's called Black Socrates Speaks, Sex, Infidelity, and Marriage. And um, Angela, we'll start with you as a first response after you hear it. Sex secret for married women from a single man. Mothers, teach your daughters that if they get their husband off every day, He's less likely to get off elsewhere, and that's real. I know this will make plenty of queens upset, but notice no men will read this and disagree. The key to this secret is the everyday part. So please, no stories about how your previous husband will sleep with you and his mistress on the same day. Yes, that happens, but again, the special sauce to the secret is entering the marriage and never creating a habit of skipping sex. Some men do not want it every day. Lucky you. But when he does, make it happen. Before marriage, my best friend's father told her, baby, if you're not going to give him none, you might as well become a nun. All the men in agreement, please stay. I. Ladies, the eyes have it. Plenty of women will argue their husbands are okay with sex once or twice a week, or they should be happy with that. The truth is, he hated going from the daily sex you had before marriage, but had to accept less after you became the mother of his children. Truth be told, when you first started refusing him, you could have just laid there and he would have been okay with that. I know it sounds crazy, and you still feel like it shouldn't be this way. However, I'm sharing this not because of how it should be or should not be, but because I'm simply stating how it is. This may appear as if I'm placing the onus of infidelity on our queens. However, I'm not justifying a man or woman stepping out, although this little gem, like it or not, will help a sister out and especially your daughters if you teach them this. I am simply speaking to the reality of testosterone-filled men and the wives who smartly make sure their husbands are not leaving the house sexually frustrated with high testosterone levels. The husband receiving daily sex doesn't have to compete with his own nature when his sexy coworker makes her daily advances. He cheats, if he cheats despite having regular sex with you, he just wanted to and there's nothing you could have done. On the other hand, the good brother who accepts his once-a-week sex, if that, is sent out daily testosterone levels through the roof and expected to resist the sister who goes hard because she sees his faithfulness as a challenge. Queens, believe it or not, that good brother doesn't want to ruin, for example, 10 years of marriage, the equivalent of 3,650 days for one day of new pussy. Advice to men, even if you're married and can't openly agree with this post in front of your wife, please note that you can help your queen oblige you daily by being on point with your completing your honey to-do list. You can't really expect your queen to work, maintain the house and the kids with only a little help from you, plus provide you frequent sex. Lastly, this is a two-way street, so if you're not satisfying your wife, she may become sexually frustrated, increasing her chances of infidelity. The most significant difference is that women are typically not driven by their nature to seek out sex. Her hormones, estrogen, usually do not control her in the same way our hormones, testosterone, control us men. This is why weak men assault women, but that's entirely a different story. Just my three cents, all I ask is that you think. Angela, your thoughts, Queen? <laughs> uh,
1: so many, but I would say this. It's not always about the sex. It's about the, uh, the desire there, right? If you didn't have sex every day before you got married, real talk, you're not going to do that once you get married. But there is something about... Um, the desire for each other that we put to the back burner. So what is sex really to you guys? If I'm flirting with you every day and we're doing our thing, if it's sex thing or whatever we're doing, I'm showing you that I have desire and that you need to come home and get it, right, on both sides. Yeah, I don't think it's just necessarily about, you know, you need to go down every day or whatever it is that that little quote said, but I do think it's about desire every day. If you're showing your partner your um, desire and you're you're doing that, flirtation stuff and you're doing that loving thing with your partner that's a huge part of it
0: No, I can dig it Uh, I'm gonna ask you a couple of the I'll ask you guys a couple of discussion questions they're pretty simple Um, again this is this is designed for discussion not whether you agree or disagree with me as the author so sincere I'll ask you the first question Um, out of that piece which statement did you appreciate the most and why
5: you still there brother Mm Uh, the, yeah 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 absolutely um i think i think it's a great uh conversation starter to have so I, I i appreciate the commentaries on that um the the point that you made about a man getting it elsewhere right uh, cuz that's something that i have to uh deal with often in infidelity with relationships so so i would have to explain to couples that it's about it's not just about sexual contact. And my sister spoke to it beautifully. It's about the intimacy and the connection between the two people that's in the marriage, that's in that, that connection, right? So if you don't have that, then it just becomes an act, right? Uh, for, uh, for example, using transparency, if my wife don't think that I see her as attractive, beautiful, beautiful, as an integral part of my life then it's going to affect the that sexual connection that energy that's created right so 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 i often have to go into the space to where guys sex just think about it like this holistically we're spirit mind and body and in that order so if there's not a spiritual connection and that's not intentional If there's not a mental connection, which the emotional process is housed in our mental capacity, then the physical will wane. So we have to know these things.
0: I love it. I'm going to go to the next question. Again, the book is designed for to create discussions. Um, Angela, if you can recall, again, I know you just heard it. Let me read it it here. Um, Does any statement trigger you from that commentary? And if so, why?
1: Yeah, so the part about um, it becoming a chore, right? Uh, relationship, the the part that should be fun and, and and enjoyable of the relationship, has now become another thing I have to do as a female. Um, you need to do this, this, and this to make sure your person doesn't go out. Whatever, it becomes like okay, it's another thing on my to do list, like washing dishes, doing clothes, making sure the kids go wherever. And in that mindset, I don't want to be bothered anymore. So a lot of times women were like, okay, well, whatever. I'm just not going to be happy with this. I'm just doing this so he don't go anywhere. And then when he still goes somewhere, if that happens with that relationship, Mm -hmm. then they don't understand what happened. Because it's not just about, as the brother said, it's not just about the physical act. It's about how do we approach that conversation? How do we approach the joy in our relationship? Are we making it another job to do or are we making it enjoyable for both parties? It shouldn't be a job, a task. To kiss on your partner or to make your partner feel good—that shouldn't be a
0: homework task. No, makes sense. Last question, and I'll actually pipe in on this one as well. It says, "Is there a lesson that can be taken away from this piece?" Again, the pieces—the pieces are short, quick. Uh, read them amongst your friends and have the same dialogues that we're having now. Um, So um, sincere, I don't know if there's any lesson you heard out of that piece that can be taken away You kind of may have already spoke on it. Um, I'm gonna offer, you know, obviously as the author uh, one of the lessons that uh, I would hope comes out of the piece myself um, But I wanted to give you an opportunity to throw in anything you thought as well that could come from that piece again um, Because again, that's how the book is designed to to
5: to, to work Oh, absolutely, it just it goes back to the fact that uh, oftentimes we as men we are we're tangible we're technical we're mechanical, so that equates to us being uh, physical beings. So so that's something that that we need to see ourselves in a certain light and to have a certain level of confidence, right? So so that that piece speaks directly to that. But I just want to remind everybody that there's an other side to that equation, right? So I often speak to men about uh, if you need a thing, if you want a thing, if you desire a thing, you have to do a thing, right? So it's just like I just stated. Like if I want my wife to give me certain things that I need and desire, I have to invest in her in a certain way that makes it not a chore. Right. Right. So I just leave it right there.
0: No, it makes sense. So I highlighted just one aspect of it. I, Angela, um, definitely respect um, your response to, in a sense, you know, specifically as a woman, again, the dialogues or the commentaries are written kind of to trigger so that people have, big, you know, like I say, larger conversations. And so,
2: Absolutely. Uh, one of
0: the, yeah, so one of the lessons I would hope, even though, again, it's, it's, a sl- it's sl- slanted in the way that it was written, one of the lessons I would hope when it says, kept saying teach your daughters teach your daughters part of that comes from uh, there was a time in a sense history historically where um, you were covered in a sense by we do this book you know both men and women were covered in the sense that the game for how to stay married was being kind of poured into you uh, throughout your culture right and so and we and we talked about it a little earlier in the show where in African cultures where um, they teach young ladies or whatever. You know, It'll quote, unquote, how to please their husband or whatever. So there's an aspect of, I would say, a balance to act between understanding the obligation in addition to everything you spoke about. Because the issue in the past has been only delivered as an obligation only. And so quite often when it's being delivered, in my opinion, as an obligation only, now we're in an era where, well, if it's going to be delivered just that way, nobody tells the next generation anything. Right. Like, like that's what's come of. Well, it can't be just about pleasing him, right? Again, that stuff. Those messages are still out there, or whatever, but not as much as they used to be because marriage is being delayed. Whatever. Back in the day, when you got married sooner, people were grooming you for it much quicker. That kind of stuff. So now, what's happened is when it's just kind of been treated as sex as a chore or not teaching their daughters anything because they don't want them to be obligated to think that way. I'm like, no, there's a, there's a baseline of an obligation, but to your point, if it doesn't include your pleasure, like both of those things need to be taught. And I think that young men and young women are being brought up without any teachings of the regard that, yeah, you should want to and you need to please your spouse, I think both of those go together. Your thoughts real quick, Queen. um I've got a, about a minute and a half before the next
7: break,
1: Yes, yeah, so there's an obligation to both sides, right? There's a responsibility to both part for both partners to bring joy into that relationship and happiness to their partner. um, we do it in different ways. it's not shouldn't be one something that's one sided, and we just do it differently um teach your daughters or teach the the feminine energy how to be that person and your men how to be that partner as well. Like you wanna be able to brag about to your to each other about, man, last night I knocked it out the park last night or last night, man, I had you on your knees begging. Whatever the conversation is in the in the relationship and the joy that you bring to it, you're able to bring that laughter and joy into the bedroom together. That's the that's the ultimate responsibility.
0: Absolutely. It's like, yeah, no people are not being taught anything because we found upon the obligation and responsibility and again those things alone are an issue teach it all speak to it every young man and every woman should i think should be told that um i'm gonna go to the break if you want to address any of that after the break so you can we will be playing another cut for the caller out there if you want to jump in do press one if you're online and want to join us the number is 646-787-1691 And press one to give us your three cents or ask any questions to our experts we'll be right back all I ask is that you think what happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner you lose that business shockingly 61% of inbound calls go unanswered but fear not tchmedia.ai is here to change the game we specialize in capturing Nurturing and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with
7: TCHmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. AI is here to change
4: the game. Masturbation and pornography are potently tapping into the dopamine system and can undermine mm-hmm. the very processes of what I consider healthy processes of finding a mate, you know, dating, communication, eventually if it's appropriate sexual interaction, well, etc. Like undermining pair bonding. And pair well, bonding. so okay, so here's a question. If if you're if you're seeking sexual release through pornography and you go through the whole cycle and you get a prolactin release, do you bond with yourself? So this is very interesting. The, um, The biology explains it as what's left there is a kind of an open loop, a kind of an emptiness, right? Because bonding with the self is a, is a complicated notion. I mean, it ha- there's a healthy version of that, of course, loving oneself and yeah. um, and, and yeah. self-referencing. Yeah. And, and again, this is more uh, your dom- far more your domain than mine in terms of a, what a healthy self-relation is. But in the absence of uh, a real partner there, of a, absence of a real sexual partner, there's an open loop of neurochemicals, including oxytocin and prolactin, the dopamine. Remember, dopamine goes up during pursuit anticipation then peaks and then crashes below baseline after orgasm and ejaculation. So this kind of low that people fear is putting them into an amotivated state.
0: Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Hello, special guest, co-host Angela Cunt. This morning's discussion question of sexist marriage. What the F? And I got brother sincere, sincere. Relationship coach out of the Atlanta area, as we hear Uberman along with uh, Jordan Peterson just talking about uh, the, what happens um, in the sense with too much pornography, too much masturbation, if you will, and there's kind of breaking down the science of it. The reason I'm bringing it into this discussion, because I mentioned very early in the show, Angela, that this sexist marriage thing is actually growing. And I don't think it's proper to talk about the sexes' marriage growing without understanding, in a sense, the current society we're in and how it's affecting uh, sexuality and relationships as well. And so uh, the biggest thing about being in the social media or the digital age is this is the most exposure, for example, uh, to pornography than we've ever had in history uh, as humans. As a matter of fact, I think on that same Um, podcast with Andrew Hoover. I think it was the same one. It may have been another one, but uh, either Peterson or Hoover pointed out that currently a 13-year-old could actually um, currently right now on their phone access and see more naked women than uh, most men have in the entire history of men before technology existed. You know what I mean? Like in their entire lifetime, in a few seconds, he could see that many naked women or whatever. and they're just kind of pointing out the actual science behind what's happening once you get into an overexposure. And so because of that access, you actually have, unfortunately, right now, in America, for what I understand, one third of young men who are, not, who are sexless in their 20s. And I'm not saying it's just because of this, but this is a role that's playing into it. And I can only imagine if that's growing, that's also going to hamper and create more, peace. in my opinion, sex is marriage because these young men have not learned the tricks, able to swipe left or swipe right, or pleasure themselves to the extent that they're awkward and even acquiring a mate, and in the event that they do. What does that look like? So again, just bringing a lot to the table. And I thought we had to bring that to the table and say what role is society actually playing in this growing phenomenon of sexless marriage? Your thoughts, Queen, to hearing any of that? I know as a, you know, as a sex coach, you're a fan of it, but at the same time, we're talking more of the overexposure and what it's creating for our current society.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Um, Anything, too much of anything is not a good thing, right? I think too much of it comes into play because we're such, our society has become very me-based. It's about being by yourself and doing your thing. You don't need another person to get whatever you need, right? Um, And that's for all ages. We have information at at our fingertips, and we don't learn how to have relationships. Um, Also, we're not teaching. I mean you keep saying this we keep saying this throughout is that you gotta be able to teach that relationship piece and you can't learn that from a, a porn video. You can't learn that from a game or swipe and love, swipe swiping right. So the answer to that, yeah, it's it's too much out there. But you have to learn how to balance it and that's what we have to do is teach, which is like your brother and myself and, and the other, you know, people in this industry, we teach about how to bring some balance to it, um, and not over assimilation.
0: Absolutely. I'll pass
1: absolutely time.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, is there any thoughts about well, you know in my opinion based on what we just heard this sexist marriage thing may grow in my
5: opinion. Oh, absolutely. Uh and it definitely will grow if we don't learn the proper tools and gain the wise counsel to understand the relationship aspect, the connection aspect. Right. So if we're speaking about us. We're, we're, we're tribal people. So we thrive off of a connection. Right. So it is, it is a me culture. So we have to get away from just me because it is about you, but it's also about we. And that's the only reason for the me is because it's leading us to we. Right. So the highest form of mastery is balance. And without balance. We will truly perish, have the biggest issues that we've ever seen, and then the problems that we are experiencing now will absolutely grow.
0: Yeah, it's almost like for me, it's just like something that we try to do on this show or whatever, is just give people context and perspective to say, okay, if this is a reality, what does it look like, especially if you're forced enough to be still raising children, if you will, whatever age they are, even adults, if you will, even young adults, you know, I always under, definitely understand I don't have children of my own. I always say that at the same time. I clearly understand your children will always be your children. And so some things that have happened with technology kind of just kind of took us by surprise, if you will, just because of how, the speed of technology. And so it's almost like, uh, we in my opinion, you can't just sit around and say, wow, look at what it's doing. I hope that when we point out things like this, that it actually drops a seed for parents to have smarter conversations. You know, to be at the end of the day, if your kids are, in a sense, always tied to their phone, obviously parents are hopefully you know, trying to monitor and make sure their children, in a sense, are not, get, you know, getting too much porn. And some parents aren't even good at that stuff or how to block it and make sure that their children don't see it and that kind of stuff. So that's a learning curve in itself. But also, even when your kids, in a sense, get old enough to where you leave them to their own devices, I think, hope that even bringing this up is something that will cue parents and, like, you know, let me have a, a better conversation with my child about Yeah, you can swipe, swipe left and swipe right to find someone. But even though that's available and that's what they will do and can do and chat and talk on that phone all day or text on it all day, like, I hope that just hearing this makes a parent say, you know what, let me make sure I am providing my child with some game of getting offline and try to make real relationships. And I say, and I can imagine that that might not even be easy. Since that's their way in their <laughs> form of communication. So I get that what I'm suggesting is not an easy thing, but I do believe if we don't stop and think about it just as a cultural and a societal level, we'll leave them to their own devices. And the example I just talked about with young men, one third of men not having sex, like I do remember this specifically on that particular podcast, they're saying in Japan, it's almost like half the boys don't have sex because, you know, if you don't know anything about Japan, they're way ahead of everybody when it comes to technology, the speed, like they had five decades right. decade ago. And so, you know, the speed of your technology determines, how you know, how much screaming you can do or whatever. So their society, this is a real issue. And I remember Peterson saying on that cut that if it's there, don't be surprised as technology grows, this becomes a bigger And so, again, it's just like my eyes is with exposure, you can game plan for it. Um, Your thoughts on that, Sincere, because I think to a degree, we often just kind of feel like we're just reduced to, oh, it's coming, it's happening, and we don't game plan or strategically at least attempt to combat what's inevitably coming. Your thoughts on that, King?
5: Man, exactly what you're saying is why I go so hard for black love and relationships. That's exactly why, because we have to balance all of these other things that's out here. And if we don't see it, if we don't have a tangible example, if we can't point to someone and say, hey, that brother and that sister is getting it, then all we do is we turn to our devices and say, oh, this is what it is because I don't have anything for contrast, right? So, and that's why in 2024, we're having other men, other women, other couples step out from the shadow and say, hey, this is dope. Yeah, it's not perfect, but nothing is. It's almost like saying that no man or woman is an elephant. Yeah, so let's get – Away from that. It doesn't have to be perfect to be great. So that's what the efforts are and we have to see it and we have to apply these ideas to real life or something else takes over.
0: Absolutely, and I love the fact that you sliding in. You and me gonna be doing a true love experience February the fourteenth over at the bookstore gallery for anybody in the Atlanta area. Y'all gonna be hearing about that over the next few weeks. We're gonna get y'all off those devices in reality and connected with each other. And so um, great, great point, if you will, to highlight that. Let me uh, be very vulnerable, uh, again, just kind of speaking to this issue of these devices and pornography, again, just on this concept of sexless marriage, if you will. And so um, during the pandemic, again, I'm really big into psychology, if you will. And so during the pandemic, I wasn't fortunate enough, if you will, to be paired with someone and housed and stuck and sheltered in and locked in, whatever you want to call it, uh, with a significant other. Now, real quick, as a as a side note, I remember we ended up doing a show because, fortunately, some people we had more issues with couples having to be at home all the time, and actually led to you know some 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 bad issues, if you will. But I remember being sheltered all alone and hating it, if you will, and myself. Um, as a young man, I used to hustle movies and stuff down here when I first got to Atlanta or whatever. And I remember uh, even hustling pornography DVDs, if you will. I personally wasn't really into them, but I obviously was selling to my customer just to turn a profit, if you will. Um, but, you know, I kept a few along the way, if you will. And um, throughout my life, yeah, I've looked at them at time to time, you know, maybe a period where I'm not having, you know, a lot or whatever. But it was nothing I'd ever become dependent on. And I will highlight that during the pandemic, um, since I didn't have anyone, I started looking at that more. And now, not so much the DVDs, obviously, now is access online. And I started, you know, messing with it more, if you will. And when I was able to get offline in situations, I wasn't the same as I had proudly been prior to the pandemic, if you will. And I was trying to figure it out because I'm like, I'm getting older and I started to, in a sense, experience ED was my, you know, the things that I was thinking about. And it was like, well, dang, I can get a wreck for, a, you know, one of these little porns or whatever. So what's the situation when I'm actually with someone? What's going on? So I was alarmed, going through them same concerns because, again, my masculinity and manhood is tied to it to a degree. And um, I ended up reading about the effect of pornography on that. And one of my members said, you know, she suggested like maybe you maybe you shouldn't look at it. She wasn't even coming from a, a psychological standpoint, I don't think. At least she didn't say that part or whatever. But putting that down changed everything, and I'm back to my Scorpio yourself. Uh, you know, and and in part thanks to having understanding uh, understanding partner who, you know, in a sense let me walk out of that with ease. There was no pressure. And I'm you know specifically thankful that the pressure wasn't there. But I actually experienced some exactly what that cut is talking about, not knowing the effects of um, overexposure would actually mess up when I actually had contact. So I was just kind of willing to put that out there. Let me go to uh, another break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mid- the About Law Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think.
1: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
0: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
1: I like those. What's their IG?
0: At moneymotivation.co.
1: But do they have any ladies gear? Yes,
0: you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact... Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere
7: I go, go, and
5: everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk, they still with me. Cause I look like money, smell like money, talk like
7: money, even walk like
3: money. Um, okay. So he's got to. This is not a, you know, I think so. this is a have to. He has to go see somebody. And talk about the things that are wound up in his heart and soul and here's the thing you can't make him do that the more you try to control and pressure and push that's more bricks and more rocks of shame in the backpack that he's already fallen over from right Um, what you can do is you can go see somebody to deal with your frustration and your heartache and you can model for him what somebody standing a little bit taller and a little bit taller and a little bit taller looks like okay okay I want to – I'm telling you this, but I'm also telling anybody watching this, anybody listening to this, life is too short to live in a sexless marriage. Life is too short to live with bad sex, with people who don't talk to one another, people who don't communicate. People put up for a decade with things that they don't like, they're not comfortable with, things that they wish their partner was doing just because they they carry these secrets around. They don't have hard conversations with one another. And so we will go two years, five years, ten years, twenty years without – having hard conversations, and, and suddenly, man, we find ourselves sitting on a couch, again, two inches apart from one another, and 2,000 miles away, we're on different planets, right? And right. life is too short for that. I'm speaking in the choir here. I know that the only person, this is going to be hard to hear, the only person, Valentina, that you can deal with right now, the only person that you can, you can, you can change is you, You can control your thoughts and your actions, and the things that he says, the things that he doesn't respond to, a decade of trying to become his muse is worn your soul out. It's heavy, and it's exhausting, and I want you to walk with a professional counselor for a season to make sure that that doesn't become your shame that you're carrying, that somehow your value is diminished because you couldn't accomplish this thing in somebody else. You have more value than that. You've got.
0: Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Conner, a man sincere, sincere relationship coach, is rocking with us as well for this morning's discussion question of sexless marriage. What the f? As you hear another cut, I played a couple of cuts earlier from Dr. John Delaney. His podcast, he was walking that lady through. Their unfortunate sex marriage. He said a lot of, a lot of key and important things that, if any of you are listening and struggling through the same thing, please understand, the change has to go within. I know Seseira talks about this costly. Um, I, 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 I heard his brother say this so much. I probably can quote him his whole his whole dialogue. Talk about. Um, that that's where it has to start. So just kind of keep that in mind because I understand um, that the frustration definitely can seem or be with the, the other person or whatever, but um, a lot of gems in there. Just kind of relating back to my own personal story, um, you know, and uh, to see our actually start with you as well on this as well. But as I was going through my period trying to figure it out, and so I can say to a degree, to a degree being unaware of how, in a sense, the pornography was playing a role in what I was experiencing, some of my personal interactions, if you will, um, being unaware of it. I definitely got alarmed um, because, uh, you know, I, I haven't, I'm have i yet to be married in something that I still desire to do. But I remember at times, and this is before I had a, a serious situation, but just kind of having, you know, a couple of intimate moments where there was, a, you know, somewhat of an issue or whatever, you know, keeping it, a, keep it a book. And I was like, wow. I done went all my life this curious about sex, trying to know what the hell I'm doing, and at this point, am I going to be someone who can't perform if I in a sense am fortunate enough to find a wife? Like, that was a huge worry. Luckily, I figured out it was just the psychology of it, and I'm good now, but I remember that being a major, major issue, and I'm just like, wow, I didn't quote-unquote time myself out, which uh, you know, the culture talks about that all the time, right, that 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 you know that women have time themselves out, but I'm thinking that yeah, men we can time ourselves out or or the you know the running meme and the quote unquote dirty wars, um, you know men run around and play it be players or you know all their lives or whatever. Then when they're not healthy anymore, that's when they want to settle down and find someone to take care of or whatever. And so I'm sitting there going, I'm in the line up and be that even you know, that hasn't that hasn't been my perspective. I you know, wanted to be married or whatever and hadn't figured it out personally and you know and I, I own that but that was definitely a fear of mine. I'd be glad to not be still in that situation, but I was super duper worried about, am I going to enter a situation and not be able to take care of my wife? Go ahead, Kate.
5: Yeah, man, I, lo- I love the transparency today, brother. Hey, hey you 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 really coming to it today, man. This is so, this a
0: serious topic. How are we going to play around with it, right? Can't play around with this topic. Yeah. For anybody out there that may be going through it, My goal is just can't talk about everything Because I don't know what seed they can get To help help them get past it But I was absolutely worried Like would this or could this be me Again And I'll say this It's easy to be a little transparent When I'm past it Right, right (laughs) I take the credit I take the credit you're giving me But I don't know how much i would be talking Because i was still trying to
5: yeah, bro. I love it. I love it, man, because these, these types of dialogues, man, is vital to our development and our survival as a community. Like, think about how many children you know, they, they are the product of a sexual act. They're product of making love, but they're not the product of a consistent love. Like, I often talk about the fact that it's not the man and the woman that 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 raises the child to their greatest heights. It's the relationship between the man and the woman that created the child that gets the child to the highest heights.
0: Oh, right? You got to say all that again, brother. Go by all the way back to go back and go back a little bit and re, hey, what's hey, what's like hey, we at the, hey, we at the. Uh, the poetry joint. Rewind. We <laughs> <laughs> to right. rewind on that one, brother. Say that again for, for the people in the in the people in the black, like I like to say. Say that again for the people in the black.
5: Right, bro, bro. I'm passionate about it, man, because I'm on my way to work with young black boys that have single mothers right now, like as we speak. So, always. I so, so one, me, bro. one of the things, one of the things that I talk about, man, is the fact that that it's not it's not solely the man and the woman who raises the child or as our ancestors would say or our elders that rear the child it's the relationship between the man and the woman that elevates and evolves the child to their highest heights right and i know that in this time we want to justify and say well all relationships don't work out this that and the other i understand i get it i'm the product of a single mother but my mother has also been married to our youngest brother's father for over two decades. So, nice. so I see how the 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 environment of our family changed having two parents in the household. I've seen it up close and personal. But I also see my mother struggle when it was just my oldest brother and me, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so I see it, and now I'm involved in doing the work. And I've decided to be someone different, but y'all, the sexual act is a piece of a much bigger puzzle, right? That's the reason why it's called making love. That puts you on the same level of the greatest creative force that ever existed, right? So that's, that's the bigger conversation surrounding sex. It's a connection. It's a spiritual attachment. Right, so we have to see it on that level as well to broaden and further the uh, conversation, man. So that's why I love your transparency, and that's why I'm here to hit on some of these larger points.
0: Now, what you just said is is key and vital, because um, here is, again, we are in the sexual revolution era, right, where everything's sex is everywhere, it's online, it's easily accessible. And unfortunately, there's an aspect, because of what you just said, that ultimately within the relationship, it ain't just sex. It's the opportunity to make love. I love how you're pu- 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 pointing that out because, unfortunately, one thing that our society, especially here in Western culture, by overplaying sex to the degree that we do with advertising and the music and everything of that nature going to the extent that we go with it, what happens is we devalued sex to the degree that people are in their marriage, unfortunately, just having sex. And right. If your history and you already have a limited value on sex because you waited till you were later, man or woman, you got a bunch of bodies, and this is not a judgment, but it's just a psych- like going back to psychology, how I went through the struggle with the pornography, where the reality of having a bunch of body- bodies to a degree is you can get to a space where you see it as just sex, that you're caught up in the act and the feel of it, and you still may love sex, if you will. But to get married and only have sex, I could imagine, is how you end up having a, quote, unquote, sexless marriage. Uh, any thoughts to that, um, as, as well?
1: No, I, I do, but I don't. So I do hear what the brother is saying, what you guys are saying. It's not... Yes, in a different format. It's not just about the sex, but such a huge part of the relationship, the intimacy part. And I think we touched on that. Um, it's just a huge part. It's just not the only part.
0: No, absolutely. No, I understand that. Um, Sincerely, any thoughts on, again, if you, without being consciously aware that maybe, you know what I'm saying, we can do this unconscious sometimes, right? We're unconscious that to a degree, a bunch of sex, I'm not saying this happens for everybody and that's all it is for everyone. I'm just talking about being again aware that this continuous act can be reduced and again you're not even consciously aware of it, but you reduce it and now you get into a wed a marriage and now you're just having sex. Any thoughts again along those lines, again, this is just awareness and again I'm not saying it happens to everyone. Um but go ahead, Kate.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's it's um the uh the sex portion uh just as my sister just stated is very important as a matter of fact i love it uh, you know uh uh speaking individually I'm glad do. i we're love glad it to i can just do. have it
2: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> right
5: like it's gotta be a part it's gotta be a part of our connection right uh, because it 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 ensures that we're connected at all three levels spiritually mentally and physically um from the bottom level up and from the top level down right so the sexless uh marriages and connections they are they are part and parcel to a deeper root right so that's that's what i always want folks to look at because oftentimes we address things from the middle or, or we take a look at the symptom uh but we don't take that thing up uh, from the root so if you want to yeah. have better yeah. sex If you want to have a more profound connection sexually, dig deep and find that vulnerability, which is a power. And I'm speaking to men and women. Vulnerability is a power. Find that vulnerability. And in that man and that woman that you trust and that you love, you will have powerful sexual encounters, right? So you will go from being sexless to being empowered on a whole different level. Now, I love sexually it.
0: fulfilled this... yes yeah. <laughs> i love it now i love it let's go to this last break when we come back we'll close this still got another segment to jump in if you want got any questions of our experts 646-787-1691 uh just to let y'all know anytime we do these sex shows i'm used to no call in. so <laughs> so this is this is pretty normal but i know people out there listening will win again because this, this subject matter unfortunately I wish we could be more open Just like we're being on this show or whatever But it's just a taboo situation in our culture And it actually leads to The very issue that we're talking about is Because people are not, as you said um, Sincere, vulnerable about this very subject We'll be right back You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show Where all I ask is that you think Psychologist Dr. Gerald Hassel and Omar Buckner Founders of Self-Mastery Retreats International is proud to present a transformative experience specifically designed by black men for black men. This immersive retreat offers a unique opportunity for black men to forge deep bonds, enhance their personal growth, and empower themselves to create positive change in their lives, families, and communities. For five days in the sacred surroundings of Puerto Morales, Mexico, a select group of powerful black men will embark on a journey of self-discovery, creating a safe and supportive space to share their experience and build a strong sense of community. This trip will truly transform your life and takes place February the 15th through 19th, 2024. If interested, text Mastery to 678-548-2456. Again, that is Self Mastery to 678 678- 548-2456 to receive a direct link for the retreat.
7: The four stages of marriage. The first is the honeymoon phase. You're head over heels. All we can see is the good and the great. The sex is incredible. Life is incredible. The second phase, what's going on here? Unresolved trauma from the wounds you've inflicted on each other. You blame each other. Your resentment builds. Connection, sex, intimacy, fade. The main reasons why you stay is because you feel stuck for the kids or because you honor your commitment or oath. Now this is where most people coast as long as they can or end with divorce early. But if you stay, the third phase is where you work on yourself in and out of the marriage, owning you. This is the healing and reconnection phase. Most often the partner that's in leads the other. The fourth phase is when you find peace in the way that you relate and connect with each other. You see each other, hear each other, understand each other. You love each other, and yeah, the sex is incredible again. com. Go get your wife.
0: Welcome back to the Mr. Dialog Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Cheese, along with special guest co-host, Angela Conklin. This morning's discussion question. A sexless marriage? What the? And the special guest, Sincere, Sincere, been hanging on with us and rocking and dropping gems all day. Um, Mike, I would like to highlight, um, obviously, this is quote-unquote sexist marriage is the conversation, and you just kind of heard a nice cut speaking um, you of know, um, the stages of marriage, uh, but I also like to highlight very briefly uh, the men's retreat by Dr. G. I spoke with her. They still got a couple of spots. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have our first international connection. I always tell people what we do at Mental Dialogue is dialogue and connect is what we do best, and when I heard I had our first international connection uh, was I had Dr. G and um, sister. We were um, i'm sorry richardson uh, i'm sorry i might be messing up my first name um but anyway her son was able to get a free trip to mexico and they gave out their scholarships for this men's retreat happening here soon so i um, just wanted to highlight that real briefly i've actually got a caller that wants to jump in so let's let them still a few minutes before the show closes area code 404 last three two c two seven eight um, tell us where you're calling from and give us your thoughts on this morning's discussion or ask your question to our experts. Either way, thank you for jumping in with us.
2: Hey, everybody. This is Sabrina from Atlanta. Great show, Montoya.
0: Um, hey, Glee, how you doing? <laughs> what you got for us? Jumping in on this thing. Glad to hear glad to I'm you. Well, I'm this well, I'm we got We got your sister <laughs> on the show with us. I hear
2: her. I, I hear her. her. You guys <laughs> did a great job. Hey, um, I'm not a player, y'all. That's my last name. Don't say that, Angela. I can't help it. Listen, I can't help I just wanted to say, I've been listening to this show. I jumped in about 20 minutes late, so I may have missed if you guys talked about how important it is to have conversations prior to marriage. Uh, my first marriage, my husband absolutely thought that, and I didn't know this until after, where he, he learned that when you're married, that's your obligation as a wife to have sex. And I was really shocked that he thought that. And so I learned from that, and I always encourage other people. <laughs> to have those conversations prior to, because marriage looks very different based on how you were raised, what you were looking at while you were growing up, what your thoughts are, and some people don't have those conversations because
0: they think love is just enough. So I just no, wanted I love, to share that. No, I love that. We 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 touched on it to a degree because they both. As you can imagine, both of them being in the space, Sincere um, as well as Angela, talked about needing to have those conversations. But I, I am loving you highlighting the conversations prior to. And it's funny, me and Sincere was just having this conversation just a couple of days ago. And so, Sincere, um, I'm going to throw that to you as a relationship coach. Uh, yeah, what does those, what is, what is those conversations look like even prior to, um, you know, to the, to the marriage, if you will, especially if marriage is the goal? Thank you for that um, beautiful call, Sabrina, as well.
5: Oh, beautiful. I love love what the sister uh, offered. And, um, yeah, that's something that we did hit on a little bit earlier, and that's one of the reasons that me and my wife have a happy, healthy, productive marriage. Um, It's because we were able to tap into what does this man know about love, marriage, intimacy, tribe, village, so forth and so on. And who were the elements in this man or this woman's life that reared them and gave them those thoughts? So that's a very needed communication. It's a very needed conversation, right? So the issue with love and getting to the sex is that most people, they don't understand what love actually is. So we think that love is a misappropriation or the the limited definition that we know love to be based on the emotionality of it, based on what we think it is, but we haven't done any research, right? So if love conquers all, it is enough. We just need to tap into the wise counsel and get the tools so we know the broad scope of what it is. If it's defined as God, that's more than enough. But most of us, we live in the basement of that word love, and we haven't made it to the top level.
0: Now, I hear you clearly, man. And I think the quick key thing, Angela, you jump in on this as well. Um, I think it's quite possible because, you know, where if the sex is hot and heavy, if if you are people who decide to have sex prior to your marriage or whatever the case may be, but even even if you're going through that hot period or whatever – I can see, unfortunately, how it can get overlooked. What is your expectations for a lifetime? And so, Sabrina brings up a real critical point to not just go by how you're interacting during the honeymoon period to to assume what this person believes inside of, quote, unquote, a marriage, or get back to goal, or even whatever long-term, whatever, how you define your long-term situation. Um, I think she brings up a key point, Um talking specifically about that aspect so that there is a clear understanding. Angela, your thoughts on that as well?
1: Absolutely. Um, we touched on it earlier that the vulnerability, right? So what if you didn't have that conversation at the beginning and now we're stuck in this space where we're sexless and we're not even connecting to to sit down and realize that there is a problem, is the first step, and then let's figure out if we can be vulnerable enough together to work through it so we can have... Bomb ass sex again, right? Or we can be connected again So taking that time where it is sexless to make a change But the vulnerability as we've mentioned earlier is key, a key factor
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think a lot of men are raised with it is an obligation And we kind of talked about that when we did the piece, you know, on my commentary, right? And so uh, I I like the obligation. I will admit that I've been raised with that to a degree as well However, to have only the obligation, and to y'all point to if I have a significant other, if you will, and we we must have dialogues to look like to to d- discover if my thought process works for her, if you will, and what does it include what does that include, and in for the obligation for both of us to be met, because I think ms Sabrina is high pointing out is how many people have entered that conversation without an agreement of what the obligation even looks like for both people. So I definitely respect a hundred percent. The one-sided perspective absolutely cannot, cannot, cannot work if you will, but you know, people don't, in my opinion, don't have enough conversation about what does keeping the obligation even look like? What, what, You know, as you were talking about, just just the difference in the genders, if you will. Um, I know, in you know, just in some of my own conversations about understanding, you know, what does she need? um, You know, to 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 a degree, of a man, you know, we could be hot and ready a second or whatever. That ain't, you know, a woman can experience that, but that's not as typical the case or whatever. So, if you haven't learned to understand and explore what that means, and sometimes what that means is. Having the kitchen clean, like that don't seem related to, uh, you know, that doesn't seem related for us as men, but something as simple as that could play a role in, um, you know, yeah, maybe she gives you the sex, but her mind ain't on it because she's thinking about the kitchen needs to be clean. I'm just saying. Fact. little things, Fact. Yeah, little <laughs> things like <laughs> that can play a role into next thing you know, why my wife ain't giving me sex or, you know, vice versa can go the other way around, too. You know what I mean? Um,
5: it's not always. Hey, hey,
0: go ahead, brother. Please Fact. jump in.
5: So, uh, do you mind if I insert Please. an idea here, real quick? Um, like word, minutes, words,
0: words
5: have go. power. So words have power, and they affect us in a different way—good, bad, and different, right? So, so what I like to uh, interject here is what I give to some of my couples that I work with: uh, sex or the physical connection. Let's think of it as a privilege to the relationship, not right. so much to the man or to the woman specifically, but a right. privilege to the the uh, right. the sacred nature of right. the relationship itself. So if both of y'all treat that privilege a certain way, Ooh, then it like removes that. it's the Ooh, woman's like obligation it. to give it to a man or it's the man's obligation to give his woman X, Y, Z. And I we have a different well. feeling about it.
0: Yeah, man, I'm smiling right now just thinking about the privilege. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, Scorpio. Okay, Scorpio. Hey, okay, <laughs> hey, hey, you, hey, let's you, let's you for a second to adopt that word?
5: <laughs> hey, yeah, brother, We form bond, bonds with words, so, so, so I want to be careful with that because I see, like even in this conversation, how the word obligation, has been a little contentious
7: uh-huh.
5: and it drives like negative memories and negative thoughts. So Absolutely. with sex Absolutely. and the physical con- connection being a privilege to the relationship, it changes Ooh, like how that. we feel about that process.
0: Oh, we, man. Oh, we, I'm going to put that in my next book. <laughs> right. uh, hey, but with that said I know we kind of giving a little precursor. We're still getting it together, man. But uh, quick thoughts about the true love experience. Again, we only got about a minute, man. But um, if you can sneak something in here that you want to say about it. I know know we call it... You you can say it better than me. Go ahead and throw it out there real quick. Again, we're putting that together here in the Atlanta area.
5: Y'all, it's going to be an encouraging and empowering event focused on true love. So what does that mean? We're nailing down what that word, that four-letter word actually means, as I'm the author of the 30 love laws. And it's where... It's where the intellect, the healing, and the love meets. So you've never experienced an event like this, and you won't experience one after. So grab your seats. If you're a couple, let's get in here and let's attack this black love thing in a powerful way. You don't want to miss it.
0: Stay tuned. It's being put on by the Arts and Culture Show as well as Minter Dialogue, the Bookstore Gallery, and Place. Uh, by or with them. I think I'm saying that correctly. So look forward to the advertisement. You'll see it on com. Angela, we've got about 15 seconds. Let us know how to follow you on social media so we can get out of here. Thank you, Queen, for the great show today.
1: Absolutely. You can follow me at the Wifey Life Tribe on IG and Facebook, and my website is the Wifey Life. So all over the place.
0: See you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.